police in the morning. After I released my debut masterpiece reel, I could not understand why I'm not being talked about on Joe Rogan's podcast every day. Why was I not the talk and king of entertainment tonight? Then I realized, problem, my friends. My debut masterpiece reel stars a man. So for reels too, I fixed mistakes. And this time, I only look for the perfect woman star. This also story of Assistant Jane, my first friend I ever have. You fall in love with her just like me, my friends. SB666. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here are B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. Here we are week three of our quarantine month, and we are taking a look at the movie Real 2 by our good friend Slasher Victim 666. This movie was just released, um, so of course, spoiler warnings abound, and you know, what, what you just heard was the description from the realstore.net, R-E-E-L, real store, which is the only place right now where you can watch Real 2 with video on demand. So let's dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. Paul, go ahead and kick us off. All right. Do you want to do the top three or the bottom three first? Um, let's go with the bottom. All right. Sounds good to me. So number three, the the title. It I can't tell if it's supposed to be real two or real square. Just the way it's written. It it kind of bothers me, but it's a very minor thing. So. It's not a big deal. Well, not only that, it, 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 the end credits, it says the real to the bride of Slasher Victim 666. And even in some of the emails that we had gotten with updates, it, you know, it had that subtitle, the bride of Slasher Victim 666, but that was nowhere throughout the film. Yeah, it's like, you've, I wasn't quite sure if this was uh, the actual real two or like an in-between film or what was going on, but, you know, that's very minor considering everything number two so there are two characters whose names i don't actually remember i just call one of them guitar douche and the other one captain cuck and so at the end of the film spoilers they're in a house that looking for sv um to to try to prove that he's killing people and they're just kind of walking around the place like recording things is like all this crazy stuff's going on, and it, it comes off more like they're in the, in a haunted house rather than, like, actually trying to fight for their lives. And I get that they weren't the smartest guys in the world, but, man, they have, like, no survival instinct at all. Like, I mean, it's, it's hard to feel bad for them when life is just trying to kill you and you do nothing about it. And number one. So this film had a really... A much bigger cast of characters in the original and it allowed for a, m- a much bigger storytelling it allowed you to see sv in a different light it allowed you to see him interact with different people however it also kind of made the ending killings of the two guys that i mentioned in the last um in number two like not as impactful it was still really good it was still um very brutal but there was less of an impact because you didn't really feel that connection between them and SV as you did with Todd Smith and SV in the original. Like, I get it. Like, they both had a relationship with 
Assistant Jane's sister, way he way had a relationship with Assistant Jane, but with everything else going on, it was just hard to really. There wasn't as much of an impact when they met their um, untimely entrance into the Golden House. Number three, for me personally, the the torture scenes at the end went on for too long. Not that I don't enjoy, like, a good bit of torture, but I actually just got bored of them screaming. Like you said, I just, I wasn't invested enough in, like, hating them and wanting them to get up, get their comeuppance as much as, like, with Todd Smith. So after them screaming for a couple minutes, I was like, okay, can we just, you know, finish them off? Number two. Again, while they're in that house, and again, it was one of those things that made it feel like they were in a haunted house and not, like, you know, trying to survive getting killed by these, you know, people, was the malfunctioning camera and strobe lighting effects, which the movie did warn you about at the very beginning, but I was just, like, really annoyed. I I hate those kind of effects. You know, I can understand if the camera was actually malfunctioning, but the, the, the strobing, again, it's just that, like, haunted house effect, and I'm not a fan of that. It's also the Number fact one. that one of the things that, that um, the real films are well known for is there's a reason for the camera to be there. Like, there's a reason why you're seeing the things you are. It's cause it's usually from SV's point of view or from cameras he's set up. And they do, they do show some shots from their camera. And the whole time I'm thinking, why didn't they just put it down? kind of goes with the, like, lack of survival instinct. And then number one for me, the credits at the end of the film just take away from that questioning mystique that the that real and real two both have while you're watching it. Of did I just watch an actual snuff film? I mean, albeit the credits could just be fake to you know cover up for all the murders and sending all these stars to the golden house. But you know, I have my doubts one way or another. I'm gonna assume they're fake. So, what about the top stuff? What was your favorite parts of this movie, Paul? Alright, number three, I really like the opening sequence of this film, which was basically summarized the first film and SV's uh, childhood and why he became a, a director, filmmaker. And it's done where they show shots from, you know, his past, they show shots from the, for- the past film, but it's juxtaposed with, like, creepy imagery and other stuff and like different text where it's it doesn't go on too long it looks like an art piece in itself and it's just such a testament of what a brilliant director sv is and how great he is with imagery like i swear the guy's like second to none when it comes to like creepy imagery and like and just having shots like overlap on each other he's absolutely amazing when it comes to that stuff number two this film felt like a very natural progression into into the um, next stage of Slasher Victim 666's story in life. It carried on, like, dare I say, the mythos of the character and his world in a very seemingly natural way. Like, whereas the last one we were learning about him through his kind of emotional connection to um, Todd... 
this one was him trying to interact with different people to like interacting with assistant Jane, interacting with the people around him, trying to make his story into a film and like feeling the people's reactions. It was much more personal than the last one, and I really like that fact. And it's even better when you consider that this came after SV's YouTube series, or hopefully, which will still keep going on at some point. Um, who wants to be really famous? Because that kind of it was, that kind of served as the midpoint between um, his between the first reel of him and Todd Smith to, like, the man SV, like, the man behind the mask, like, who is this guy? I, I thought that was very well done. And number one. So, like we said in the bottom three, three, there are multiple victims in this one, and I liked how their, their moments of becoming famous were very different from each other. It wasn't just, like, one torture on top of another. Go, like, basically the same as each other it was um one was one was very similar to todd smith's with the um with um sv's family torturing him the other was um with guitar douche like having the um having the guitar strings like inside of him having to pull that out i like the way that the two were very different while going on at the same time for me number three the style of the film, although still a found footage movie at the core, takes a much different approach from the first movie, mainly focusing on things as they're happening, per se, and not just using clips to tell a story that has gone on over the past few years. It's a lot more fast-paced, and it's not, you know, just a bunch of Todd Smith's YouTube videos that make you hate him more and more. Although, you know, that, that brought something else to the first movie. Are you saying you didn't love no. Cannibal Kitchen? I love Cannibal Kitchen. Number two. The special effects in this movie, once again, are spot on, and I love practical effects. And again, like I said in my bottom three, this movie has that mystique of, is this a movie, or did I watch an actual snuff film just now? And to have those kind of effects and pull them off is just such a wonderful talent. And I'm glad that they were able to do that once again. Number one, the audition montage towards the beginning of the movie is just such a well-crafted and put-together scene of all the stars that SV has made over the past few years between Real and Real 2. And I just, I love how it's edited together. And I especially, for whatever reason, like uh, the, the parts of it that are, like, horizontally sliced together. There are a few times in this movie where SV uses montages. And normally montages are very, you know, cheeky and, you know, fun things. But he turns that on its head. And he just does it in a, a fantastic style. And I love it. I, I love the montages in this movie. I'm kind of amazed by how, like, SV manages to make it a found footage film and also a an art film, like, simultaneously. It's, it's just amazing. I've, I've never seen anything quite like it before. Well, one of the things that we didn't really mention, although I, I do have to have two honorable mentions here, and one for, for, for top things is one, I want to learn to cook like SV cooked. That breakfast he made, Assistant Jane, 
look fantastic. And number two, I love capes. Capes are an awesome, awesome fashion statement. And seeing SG in a cape just had me delighted from, from, from head to toe. He pulls it off well, that's for sure. Well, one of the things you didn't mention was quotes, dialogue. So we got to have ourselves a good old-fashioned quote war. Quote war. We'll quote this movie back and forth. You tell us who had the better quotes. I'll let Paul start us off. All right. Let's start the movie. Where are all the tits? Don't be scared, my friend. I think you're getting off on it. Maybe we're all dead. You're gonna get yourself a nice Cinderella glass slipper. I am auditioning for the Golden House. I am the future of the Golden House. That ends this episode edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie or anything else you'd like to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. It's time to give this film our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on the shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale, 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 1 out of 10. I give it a 2 out of 10. So, SG666 once again shows that you don't need a big budget to make a fun, gory, and interesting movie. Using footage sliced together from multiple sources to create one coherent, questionably believable project isn't an easy feat, yet SG has pulled it off again. It is a found footage film that is as close to perfection as one can get. Even if the torture scenes went on a little long for my taste. Real 2 is the latest masterpiece by future greatest director of all time, Slasher Victim 666. Set after the events of the previous film, Real 2 follows the story of SV as he continues on his quest to become greatest director of all time. This time focusing more on his personal life and relationships and shedding light on the man behind the mask. It's a more intimate story than the last one, with a much larger cast of characters. This served as both a positive and negative in many regards compared to its predecessor. Seeing SV's relationship with Assistant Jane Flores is an emotional experience that will bring a smile to your face right before leaving you dumbfounded and disturbed over how it ends. The larger cast helps show a new side of SV, from low lonely artist struggling to re reconcile his tragic past to ex an eccentric man attempting to understand and form relationships with those around him. It's a story which certainly takes the real mythos to the next logical step in a way that feels natural. That being said, with so much going on and so many new, new characters to keep track of, the two primary victims ended up feeling haphazardly thrown into the mix rather than organically blending into the story with little screen time to resonate with the audience. While, real, while the real one contrasted um, slasher victim Todd Smith with pro protagonist slasher victim 666, Real 2 focused primarily on SV's relationships, creating a little connection between him and his, and his victims, making their deaths ring somewhat hollow by comparison. This by no means makes it inferior to the last one, as the two work in conjunction with each other to paint a portrait of the complex character known as Slasher Victim 666. However, as a sequel to such an incredible film, it's hard not to compare the two and find both positives and negatives. I think it's time to tell our friends how to drink away the slick, drink away the slick, so come on and grab your drink, let's drink away the slick. Bum, 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 bum. 
We'll get ingrained dance for this film, but remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time SV narrates, take a drink. Number two, every time SV draws the golden house, take a drink. Number three, whenever text appears on the screen, take a drink. Number four, anytime Patton mentions spying on Lena's sister, take a drink. And number five, of course, because it's quarantine month, every time you want to go somewhere other than your house, take a drink. Every time someone is tied up, take a drink. Every time the sister Jane fights with her sister, take a drink. Every time Patton plays the guitar poorly, take a drink. And every time SV mentions one of his deceased re- relatives, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the slick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, you can leave us a comment on either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at gmail.com, like us on Facebook at facebook.com dash bmoviebros, follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros, or my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all, the, all our other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats on website bmoviebros.com, where we have new issues each week. If you want to help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links are right below. We've come to the end of week three for quarantine month, so we might as well give you the movies we've seen so far. Uh, for me, in number three, The Last Man on Earth. It's a fantastic movie, but last week we watched Death Toilet, and I loved Death Toilet from beginning to end. Like, I, I, I don't know what else to say about it. But of course, in the number one spot, Real 2, which, you know, was just a fantastic movie. You know, I, 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 I know it sounds like we're just given hollow praise, I guess, but it truly is a great movie, and I love watching it. Yeah, number three, I put The Last Man on Earth. It sounds weird putting a film like that at the bottom of my list, especially since number two is Death Toilet, but Death Toilet is just a lot of fun. It was an entertaining, low-budget film that didn't take itself seriously and really pulled off the kind of camp charm. But number one had to go to real two. It was a brilliant follow-up to an amazing film, and it really just keeps the whole mythos of slasher victim 666 and his journey in his world going and i i really enjoy that i like the character i like the i like the story it's the guy the guy's a genius when it comes to making found footage films that feel like art films there's not much more i can say about that and you can you can form your own opinion on real too if you're listening to this before June sixth of two thousand twenty. On June sixth of two thousand twenty, real two is going to stream for free. You can find the details at realstore.net. That's R E E L store.net, and you can check it out for yourself and not have to pay anything. But it's just for that one day for twenty four hours. So check it out. Form your own opinion. And, you know, we've got one more week left to go, so we're going to take a look. We're going to go back in time a little bit to, you know, one of those places you may have become familiar with during quarantine or one of those places that might seem extra creepy after being in the house for too long. The Basement. We're going to take a look at the 1989 anthology film, The Basement. If there's anything I've learned from, from, from um, R.L. Stein, it's don't go in the basement. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more.
Pop scene, bro. Yeah. <laughs> 